0: Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones, and this is Text Driven Tuesday. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to everyone out there. <clears throat> well, it's the beginning of a new week, mm-hmm. and I had a question for you, Jay. Oh, no. Okay. What, what you got? Well... You know, Roland, uh, he 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 has his uh, his radio on all night, mm-hmm. listening to uh, sports radio. Like he falls asleep to sports talk radio, and he wakes up <laughs> to sports talk radio. And he was asking, he was telling uh, telling me this morning about what, this. what do you
1: think he'll do? Do you think he'll be like a, a broadcaster?
0: You know, uh, he really wants to do music. Uh, he wants to do something with music. But I have told him that um, he he likes to talk about sports. So. Maybe look at broadcasting. Uh-huh. But I don't know. You could take Joe Joe,
1: uh, whatever's name's
0: place. Oh, yeah. Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Ugh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 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 so he was, he was telling me about this. I hadn't heard this, and I, I wanted to know what you, you thought about it. Have you heard about Vanderbilt's baseball team? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that this weekend. And their, uh, their watches that they're yeah, wearing now? Uh-huh. So they've got these watches that tell them the pitch, the pitch call. Right. So you've got you've got a coach in the dugout who's putting in some code, mm-hmm. and it tells everybody the pitch what, what the pitch is, what the pitcher is going to throw. Right. Yeah. So the it's it's meant to prevent um, sign stealing, uh-huh. right? And yep. also it's supposed to increase the speed the speed of the of the game. Uh huh. So you've got instead of the catcher calling the pitch. And the pitcher, yes or no? Right. You've got the the coach calling the pitch, Uh and everyone on the team knows what the pitch is. Right. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I think for the if you're just going like for the purpose of sign stealing, I think that's good. Um, Some people don't (laughs) like it simply because it's something new. I'm not one of those guys that are like, let's not have new things. Right, new, the game can always adapt and, and change and stuff, and it should with technology. But the thing I don't like is is if you get like pretty advanced, like Yadier Molina, the coaches aren't calling the game, right? Yadier Molina is calling the game. Was the greatest catchers of all time, right? But if you're not familiar with baseball, well, car- that was catcher that... for the Cardinals, <laughs> right? He calls the game. Pitcher doesn't even call the game. Yeah, the catcher is like. He sees the batter. He Mm -hmm. sees what the batter is doing. He's probably studied the batters before the game. Yeah. Knows their weaknesses. And so the catcher is more in tune with everything, right, that's there. So that's the traditional way, and I think, you know, when you get to the MLB level, the catcher should be calling the game. Mm -hmm. I, and this is a problem I have, and if the coach of cash baseball is listening, Drake should be calling the game. (laughs) At cash baseball, do you know why George? Because he's been catching those kids since yeah. they were all ten years old. Yeah, he knows. He literally knows everything about. He probably knows those guys better than they know themselves.
0: Well, that's what that's what I was wondering. the The catcher that's that's part of his position, right? Right. Like that's part of his job. Yes, yeah. to know these guys. The same with the pitcher, right? And they're supposed to they they know who's who's coming should, up. Right. and – and their strategy to what pitches like sometimes you want the guy to hit the ball, yeah. Um, also, I was wondering how would this affect the relationship between the pitcher and the catcher because they develop a relationship so that they kind of know what mm-hmm. what's going on with they each do. other. Yeah, they do. They kind of like are in each other's mind. So this seems like it would remove all of that. It does, and it's it's a, it's just the coach calling. It makes it a little more robotic. The
1: only thing I can think of is like Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's a high, they're a high level college
0: right. team. One of the best
1: teams in the nation. And their coach is an outside the box coach. That's why he's had so much success. He's not afraid to change. The only thing I can think of is sign stealing is far worse than we think it is mm. using technology. And mm. what I mean is like, you could have a dude. I mean, I just showed you, I took a picture of the moon on my phone. Yeah. Okay. So you don't, I mean, right? I guarantee you like people cheat. They always have cheated in baseball. Yeah. They probably have a guy outside the stadium, like, looking with a camera at the call yeah. the catcher's making. Yeah. And then he's texting in, and they're relaying it. They're not banging on a trash can, obviously, because that's too obvious, right? But somehow relaying that to yeah. you, that some people have even speculated that the Astros had little buzzers under, like, that mm-hmm. were, like, taped to their skin. Yeah. And they would buzz in the pitch um, – yeah so it's it may be cheating is way more uh, prevalent than we know it is and the vanderbilt coach is like you know what forget y'all i'm making it i'm making this full (laughs) like you guys are never stealing our signs yeah and in that if that's the case well don't
0: you think that i mean it's a genius don't you think that at some point someone's going to be able to hack into that (laughs) i mean i mean if you're if you're wanting to cheat you're going to you're going to find a way right (laughs) It would take some real effort, I would think, to do that. I mean, you're yeah. talking. Like, uh, well, I, I mean, maybe not for. Yeah. Maybe not for college baseball, but the article that I'm reading is saying major league baseball is going to be watching this to right. see how it goes, to see if it works, <laughs> right. Um. And if at, there, that, if, at that level,
1: you know, if there were a way where they could set it up where the catcher could do it from like his own wrist where he could call it, I would like that a lot better. Like they could have the selection of pitches here and he could just be like, doop, doop, you Uh know, like, and then pow, it's out to everybody. Right. That would actually probably speed things up. Mm -hmm. And then the position players could shift based off it's an inside pitch, we're shifting or whatever. Um, This is what they came here for, George, text-driven Tuesday. Uh, About baseball. That's right. But this is important stuff because we're talking about the greatest game ever. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest game in the world. Um. So, yeah I mean I, I don't have a problem with things changing like that um we well, used to we used to just switch it up every inning when <laughs> I was in college I was a college pitcher mm-hmm. the catcher we would sh- we would change the the pitches every single inning okay. so it'd either be first call second call third call mm-hmm. and and we'd switch them every single inning yeah. there's no way really you can steal unless you're like picked up on it right away at the beginning of the inning what yeah. it was mm-hmm. so I don't know I,
0: stuff like this i'm I'm a little more reluctant to see things change because i i think that part of what makes baseball such a great game is just the human element to it and the more technology you introduce into it it just feels like it's going to get it may be faster but i feel like it's going to lose something like all the all the conversation about replacing the umpires with like a machine i'm not for that like that uh, part of the game is the element of human error like there there is an amount there's there is going to be human error like the umpire is not going to always call (laughs) the the pitches correctly Mm -hmm. um so you yell at him that's part of the game right right and the catcher part of the catcher's
1: job is to deceive the umpire right that's a huge component of receiving we we work on it drake and i almost every day yeah and, and you know we work on it. It may be eight minutes. That's all it is. We have a little routine we do routine that we go through for like it's like eight minutes long, mm-hmm. but it's about how to position your hand and come up through a pitch, mm-hmm. and it creates a deception. Right. So you are going to get call- balls that are out of the zone are going to get called strikes. Yeah. That would be eliminated by a right. robot umpire. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that, I am not for that.
0: Yeah. I could see you know if they if like you said if they could find some way that the catcher was still calling. But it was still maybe electronically communicated, so that they can't steal the sign. Yeah. Um. <laughs> these teams, like the Astros, yeah, that were stealing signs. Like that's kind of losing the uh-huh. spirit of the game too. Yeah. Like if you're stealing the signs because you picked up on what the signs are, that's part of the game, right? But um, to have somebody that's banging on a trash can, like telling <laughs> everyone what, like, eh.
1: yeah, yeah, I know. But the question, George, <laughs> the real question that everyone wants to know that was at the sermon is, can Jesus hit
0: Mariana Rivera's cutter? Well, you know, I was trying to I was trying to, you know, you trying to get there, get us get us into the <laughs> into the sermon because your intro was about. Fairweather fans, yeah. Thought you were going to take a dig at the Cubs there for a second, <laughs> but you didn't. You held off. I right. appreciate your restraint. You're right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a true, fan, true fan, true man. Cubs I've been fan a fan of the now. Cubs since elementary school. Mm. I don't know why you were. You. Just I mean, love I lived, I've lived. I've lived in Oklahoma my entire life. You just I just love know. heartache. I guess so. I just you get you get used to you get used to saying eh, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things when they won the World Series, like it was. I mean, that was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was, that was that huge because <laughs> they may never win it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh. Yeah. So you you were talking about fair weather fans, um, and uh, obviously you bring in baseball. Mm-hmm. So we're 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 starting a new book, the Book of Habakkuk. Yep um tell us tell us a little bit about Habakkuk and then we'll 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 come back to the baseball, okay because we gotta answer that question because you you uh you told people that we would, in the yeah. sermon that we would answer that question so we gotta we gotta answer the question but let's 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 jump into Habakkuk and start talking a little bit about the book
1: all right Habakkuk is um a smaller <laughs> smaller book short little book. Um, probably maybe takes up two pages, maybe three in your Bible. Um, four in mine. Three chapters, small book. It's part of the minor prophets, but as we've discussed before, the minor prophets are only called that because they're short. Mm-hmm. Probably, how much detail you want on him? Uh, who he is? Yeah, just
0: Habakkuk. Just no one good. knows who he is. George. Okay, there all we right. Go. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> I
1: didn't mention this in the sermon. Um, I'll probably bring it up. I might hold it till the very end. Maybe I'll hold this little piece of info, what people think his name means. Okay. Um, and why, it, why it matters. I'll just tell you it, it means one who embraces or one who clings. Hmm. Okay. Um, so Habakkuk is a prophet. Um, and this means that he's been chosen by God to receive divine revelation, like direct revelation. A prophet uh, foretells, he gets, you know, future Information. He also forth tells. He speaks to the culture. Um, He's probably a contemporary of Jeremiah. We don't really know any other information about him other than that. There is some legends around him that developed, um, I think, because of the intertestamental period books. Um, But I didn't see that that's relevant because we're solo scripture people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And all that's just.
0: I'm curious though. I mean, this is supplemental to the sermon, so yeah. you didn't include it in the sermon. That yeah. that probably is appropriate. But let's there's a legend. Give me that, give me give me one or two legends.
1: That there's a legend that he <clears throat> he came and visited Daniel in the lion's den.
0: Oh, really? Uh huh. Okay. Like, All right. gave him water and really? took care of him. Interesting.
1: Yeah. That's um,
0: that's bizarre.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It why was, would they choose habakkuk I, out of any of the other i don't know <laughs> now, minor prophets. Now i'm gonna have to look this up and, and give you more <laughs> tell you exactly where it comes from okay well, that's it's interesting. one of those things i read when i was researching i was like that's interesting right.
0: and then i just just dropped it yeah yeah okay all right well you don't have to go into a lot of detail about it if you, <laughs> if you don't want to yeah <laughs> that's interesting though yeah i hadn't heard he that. took
1: food to daniel in the lion's den okay um, the 6th day that he was in the Den and the lions then it's actually in bell and the dragon. Oh really? In the Catholic Bible. Okay,
0: so it's part of the apocrypha. It's part of the apocrypha. Okay. Yeah. Have you read bell and the dragon?
1: I've read all of that, all okay. of the apocrypha um it's been several years ago. Okay.
0: Bell and the dragon's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah there there's a reason why it's not included. Like the It's the, obvious. As you're reading the book of Daniel, yeah. when if you are reading Bell and the dragon which is like a, a tag a tagged on section you can tell this isn't written by the same person <laughs> <laughs> right like all of a sudden it turns real weird mm-hmm. really weird yeah. yeah okay so it's in it's in bell and dragon interesting yeah. okay
1: but that's just pure oh yeah <laughs> pure legend <laughs> right yeah <clears throat> so Habakkuk is um, if it, this book has a little little uh superscript they call it Mm -hmm. so a little piece of text before the body begins says the oracle that habakkuk the prophet saw so habakkuk a prophet receives divine revelation from god this doesn't happen all the time right um and he's prophesying to the southern kingdom of judah the northern kingdom's already been destroyed Assyria has already conquered and totally decimated the north. They tried to the south. If you remember the timeline of the Bible, they tried to conquer. They laid siege to Jerusalem, but God intervened and saved and saved saved Judah mm-hmm. in a miraculous way. The angel of the Lord went out and fought for the people, right. killed a couple hundred thousand, I think,
0: hundred seventy five thousand, yeah. I
1: think. And uh, they wake up the next day, and uh, they're like, "We're out of here." <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, and uh, so the 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 Southern Kingdom is saved, but you know they do what they do. They followed the North in their apostasy and their and yeah. their idolatry and their immorality. There was a short little reform <clears throat> um, under Josiah. Mm-hmm. So Habakkuk is either writing this and saw this uh, before Josiah's um, reforms, or right after he died. Okay, that people aren't really sure. So. Right. You know, six twenty-five ish to six oh five BC is kind of the dates that are given for this. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I tend to lean earlier. Okay, as we'll see here next Sunday. Okay, because what God says is a big surprise, and if it's later, it wouldn't be so much of a surprise. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Um, okay. He says he's raising up the Chaldeans. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of that should be a surprise, but it's not a surprise if they're already powerful. Okay. Um, so. Probably earlier, uh, conditions are really bad, and he um, and God reveals this to him and tells him to write all this down.
0: So we're we're getting ready for the Christ Center Churches conference mm-hmm. um, on the Trinity, and I'm doing the Trinity in the Old Testament. Yeah, and so my eyes are just constantly looking for these little clues. I think these right. little hints, and so when you we're talking about verse one. <laughs> I saw. I saw something that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the oracle, which that's verbal, right? Mm-hmm. It's the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was right. interesting. Like he's seeing something,
1: and he's having a conversation. Right. That's how. That's the interesting part of mm-hmm. how it takes place. This is a prophecy, but not like other prophecies. Yeah. Like Habakkuk has a conversation with
0: God, yeah. and you get to eavesdrop on it, right? And I think it's interesting. I don't, I'm just so I'm I'm so ready to like, talk about this on on Friday at the conference <laughs> at the, conference, the Christ yeah. Center Churches
1: conference, which you can register. That's for right <laughs> at, at
0: Christ Christ dash Church. Go register for that conference, right? Friday, Saturday on the Trinity. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll probably just leave it there.
1: So, yeah, you see get, that they're having a conversation, come. right? Yeah.
0: He's, he's either talking to someone that he sees or he's having a conversation. What in his head? Yeah. Right. So, which way do you go? Hey, I think he's seeing something. Think I he's think seeing he's seeing somebody. somebody. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
1: he's, he is, he's, and that's, that's kind of how it's, it breaks down. First part, which we'll look at today versus two through four. Um, he is he he's talking to God, right? And he's lamenting. Yeah, God talks back to him. and says, "Oh, I am going to do something." <clears throat> and then he then he talks back to God. Mm. He's like, "What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. How could you do that?" Yeah. This is how the conversation goes. It's longer, obviously, than that. Right. And then finally, there's this great section on faith. Um, and then God says, "No, I'm about to do something about it. Don't mm. worry. Yeah, I'm going to judge. I'll judge the Babylonians." Five woes, and then Habakkuk prays. It ends with this great prayer. Mm-hmm. So right. that's the way it breaks down.
0: All right. So the the thrust of the of the sermon was that there's a weakness mm-hmm. in Western Christianity, mm-hmm. um, and so this opens us up to a lot of problems. We've been seeing a lot of people deconstruct, quote unquote, deconstruct, right? Right. Um, leaving leaving Christianity, yeah. leaving you know, organized religion altogether. And a lot of times it's because of this weakness that Habakkuk addresses. Yeah. And that, that weakness is what?
1: Um, well, do you want to, do you want to answer the question first before we get? Sure. On? Sure. Yeah. We can answer. move on. All right. Yeah. You know, so, so, the weakness, so, you, the so you're ta-
0: so you're talking about, you were talking about fair weather yeah. fans and you were talking about baseball. Um, and, uh, so you, I don't even I don't even remember why I you said, threw, why you threw this a, out.
1: Well, I said I said, uh, doesn't baseball ever make people uh, like have these great Christological questions? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Am I the only one who sits around thinking about this stuff? I think you might be. <laughs> <laughs> the great Christological question: yeah. Can Jesus could? Well, I guess it depends on how you phrase it. Could Jesus hit? <clears throat> And Mario on Mariana Rivera Cutter, mm-hmm. greatest pitch in baseball, okay. arguably, okay, of all time. And the answer is could he have
0: in his incarnation? Is that where is that what you're asking? Like, right, like when he was on earth, if he could have hit yeah. this pitch, yeah, okay.
1: And the answer is no. There's no way he could have.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jay, didn't. you are you are diminishing <laughs> the power of of Jesus. Yeah, you're saying that there's something that he couldn't do while he was on Earth in his incarnation.
1: Well, you know, I, we've talked about it before on here. The, the one of the other flaws we have is <clears throat> we uh, make Jesus just a uh, a divine. He's he we, he's overemphasis on his divine nature mm-hmm. so that there's no human nature left. Right. He's he never touched a baseball bat.
0: Yeah, that was I was talking to you after the <laughs> after the service. Yeah. I, I imagine that if he would have been handed a baseball bat, he would have looked at it like, like what, do like, I what, do with what this? am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's um, not he's he doesn't have built in um, knowledge. Like he's right. not he's not a walking encyclopedia.
1: He learns everything, yeah. Right. So that's that's fun to think about that stuff. I, the question I is now
0: the, I use the uh, the illustration you know, I, I tutor some kids um, every week for our homeschool uh-huh. uh, program, and I use the illustration that you use very often. Like, if you could time travel to Jesus and you could, you could actually sit down and talk to him, ask him all these questions, and and you have this, you know, you're just pouring out your heart to him, and uh, you stop talking, and he says, "Huh? Yeah, right." Because he, he doesn't speak English. Yeah. Right? he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's not. He's not. You know. He doesn't have all this knowledge. He has to learn things. Right. Right. Yeah. That that's part of the incarnation is he limits himself. He empties himself by by taking upon himself the weaknesses of humanity. Mm-hmm. Which would include
1: He can't hit a He,
0: can't, yeah, hit a, he can't hit a fastball yeah, or he's a cutter fine, or he's anything. finite.
1: Right. Uh but then the question comes, what about now? <laughs> 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 what about right. now that he's resurrected and glorified? Yeah. And that, I have to say, I don't know. <laughs> because if he goes God mode, of course he can. Right. <laughs> but if he says, you know what, guys? I'm going to play this fair. But I've been watching a lot of baseball. Yeah. I've, I, I've even played a little. Okay. I, I don't know. So I don't yeah. know.
0: These are the questions that keep Jay awake at night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Staring at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah, so there's a, we, we're talking about baseball, baseball players before, before the season comes, they address their swing, right? Is there a hole in my swing that could be exploited when the season comes? And so there is, as I was thinking about this, you know, in the West, we've had so much prosperity and people can go a long time in their life if they're young and not experience suffering and pain. Um, so there can be there's a big hole like in your faith and that can be exploited and I think is exploited time and again. And that's when pain and suffering come. Mm-hmm. And you want to address that before that season comes, right. That was the connection. yeah. so and that's best done, you know, not in the moment. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why you see p- people when they encounter when things take a turn for the <clears> worse because <throat> event and eventually, your life's gonna take a turn for the worse. I, I, we don't know, you know. You don't. I don't know if everyone's aware of this or not, but you're gonna die of something. Right. Live long enough, you're gonna get cancer. Uh, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna kill you. Um, unfortunately, sometimes earlier in life that happens, and then sometimes earlier in life, some people's lives just take a real bad turn, and it's one series of bad events after another. Mm-hmm. Um. There are christians all over the world living in terrible conditions not losing their faith. Yeah. They know something we don't know, right? They they have there's a part of their faith that's more biblical than the west. That's how I was kind of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You know well, I mean? you
0: you walk into a, a typical christian bookstore and you're you're just bombarded with books like Joel Osteen, your Best, Best Life Now or Always Friday or you know, you got TD Jakes and I think you know half of his books have victory in the title and you know right. you're, i mean you're you you turn on um you know christian television or christian radio and they're always talking about victory and and overcoming and it's always it's it's this emphasis this heavy emphasis on triumph uh-huh. like this triumphalism um that that seems to be kind of the the flavor of western christianity right um and it's it is unique to the West because we've lived in a country that has been heavily influenced by Christianity and there's a church, you know, everywhere, everywhere. And we haven't experienced the kind of pain and suffering and hardship that is typical of Christianity Uh throughout history. Right. Um, Even now we, (laughs) what we experience here in America is, abnormal. Uh-huh. It's, it's not typical. Yeah. 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 And so when there's some kind of suffering, when there's some kind of hardship, um, we just lose it. Right. <laughs> we, just, we just immediately, you know. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: I remember, remember this, this is a minor hardship. Think about this. Uh-huh. Here's a good example. <clears throat> uh, I went through the roles once when I was an associate pastor in Kansas City it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna contact every person that's still a member here that I haven't seen since I've been here. Elders gave me the blessing. Go ahead and do it. We're gonna clean the rolls. Yeah. I visited this man. He hadn't been to church in 30 years, and he left the church because he had got into a a, a, a spat. Like there was a big church argument over a building project that he was the head of, and he didn't get his way. Hmm. And and because. Of the bad experience he had with those people, he left church and never came back for thirty. He wasn't going anywhere. I'm wow. like, Where are you going? Nowhere for thirty years. Mm. Like man, your faith can't survive an argument with other believers. Yeah, like that's we. That's pretty. I don't pretty think. Weak, and right?
0: I, I don't think that's I don't think that's atypical. I, I think there's a lot of people that. Something, there's some there's some kind of hardship, some kind of conflict with another believer. They don't like something that the pastor said or how someone did something, and they just leave. Yeah. So I started with just the question: mm. could your faith survive
1: absolute cataclysm? Like I'm talking everybody you know is dead, or you get terminal brain cancer, or the West Falls. And their city is a pile of rubble, looks like Syria, Mm -hmm. and you're alive. Can your faith survive that? Mm. If it can't, then you may not have biblical faith. Mm. Because Habakkuk shows us what faith looks like when that's happening. Right. That's what Habakkuk is. Right. Habakkuk is worst-case possible scenario you could ever imagine is going to happen. Can you still have faith?
0: Yeah. And the way that he's he's wording these questions, uh, I like how you drew the the contrast. This book is very relevant, Mm -hmm. very relevant. um, Separated by twenty five hundred years, yeah, somewhere around there, um, and yet it reads like newspaper, right? right? Yeah, right, yeah. Um, And so this this has. Very much to do with our own situation, and so the questions that he's asking are the kind of questions that we maybe are too afraid to ask, mm-hmm. right? Because we've been living in this this culture that kind of mask hardship. Mm-hmm. We we want to kind of cover up how bad things are and don't let people see that you are experiencing trouble.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Should I read Habakkuk? let uh, Let me read uh, <clears throat> Habakkuk, I'll read through verse uh, four. Okay. It says, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you do not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For
0: the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. All right. Well, um, this is a prayer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but not the kind of prayer that you're going to hear on a typical Sunday at uh, evangelical churches right. in America. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: tried to pray like him couple weeks ago. You In, did. The, in the pastoral uh-huh. prayer. Yeah. yeah. I know if that, right. um, people are probably freaked out. <laughs> what is, what's happening?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just thrust us right into <laughs> lamenting, right? <laughs> Why do you think it is that we, because we, we all know that America's got problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the last two years have been filled with, Trouble. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people have such a hard time lamenting? I don't know. Um, and you brought you brought out the Psalms also, like yeah. that. Like this kind of prayer is not unusual in the Bible,
1: right? Yeah, this is Habakkuk is talking to God, but it's is it's a lament, mm-hmm. and lament is a strong, <clears throat> passionate, even um, complaint. That's more than a complaint, right? Like you're, and that's why the term lament, but you're expressing uh, confusion and uh, you're perplexed. You're suffering. You're expressing suffering and pain and sorrow to God. You're asking him why or how could you do that? Why or how, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Psalms, like 40% of the Psalms are like that. I was kind of surprised to find that out, actually. But that's why people love the Psalms. That's why when people go to the Psalms when they're sick. Right. Or, you know, people read them at funerals because 40% of the Psalms are are lament, mm-hmm. maybe more. Um, and so this, this way of interacting with God is, a, it's legitimate. We somehow think that it's inappropriate or even a sin. Yeah. You know? We can't, we can't, you can't ask God why he would do something like that. That's an, that's expressing a lack of faith. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just more and more of this idea that has been, has just grown over time, at least where we live in the West right now, that Christianity is a therapeutic. Mm. So my faith, and as I practice Christianity, it ought to give me peace. It ought to make me feel good. If I go to church, I ought to feel better. It ought to like reset me for the week. Go to church, I get reset for the week. I'm ready to face the week. Helps me to feel better. No matter what's going on in my life, I can always pray, and that'll make me feel better. Um, and that's that's a flawed a flawed understanding. So I
0: had a question. Someone asked me a question about that. Um, is it okay to feel those things when you go to church? I mean, we're uh, talking about lament. But sometimes things are going great. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you are experiencing happiness and, mm-hmm. and people aren't sick and your job's going well. And, right. And you come to church and you do feel peace and you do, you know, you do feel that encouragement and, and that. Is that, I mean, that's okay, right? Yeah, I think that's
1: the, that's the I think that's the given yeah. is uh, that we'll experience peace that transcends all understanding mm-hmm. because, you know, because Christ, you know, in the, in the world we will have trouble. But take heart. That's like, you don't let your heart be troubled yeah. because I've overcome the world. Um, this is why, you know, I just read a letter from uh, a Chinese prisoner he wrote to his parents and he talks about all the peace that he has in his life. Um, my dad posted it yesterday. Um, so you're going to have peace in your life that does not make sense to the outside world. Yeah. And that's, I think, uh, good. And worshiping God. Part of that, worshiping God is you doing what you're created to do, and I think God has wired the universe such that his people, when they are when they are pursuing life with him to his glory, will experience in their life joy. Yeah. That's the way things work.
0: You come to church, and you're around other believers, and you're worshiping, and you're hearing from mm-hmm. God's word, and... It is expected that you'd feel better uh-huh. leaving than when you came, right? Right. Yeah. The problem comes, though,
1: when none of that happens. Mm-hmm. Like there, they'll come a time. I mean, I'm sure it. Everyone will experience some time in their life where you're not going to have those things. Yeah. You're not going to feel those things anymore because things have gotten really bad, yeah. like really bad in your life. Mm-hmm. Um. So, there, there may come a time where you read your Bible and it doesn't help you. Um, well, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It's not because this doesn't work and you ought to shut your Bible and go find another religion. Right. That's what some people do.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. You know? Right. Shut it all down. Yeah. I mean, it would be an interesting case study to look at people that have attended or read, devoted themselves to, um, you know, Joel Osteen's preaching yeah. mm-hmm. and see what's the what's the long-term right. effects because you can read your best life now and you can read all of his anecdotal um, <laughs> illustrations of how him and his wife drove around and saw a house and they loved the house and they declared that they would own the house and then a couple of years later they were... Living in this, you know, multi-million dollar house, yeah, and uh, he he gets upgraded to first class all the time when he's flying, and yeah. always gets good parking spots at the mall, and all these ridiculous things that he he describes as experiencing God's favor. Hey, Steve Lawson, <laughs> Steve Lawson says if you'll just simply fly with a suit on, yeah,
1: you'll get upgraded to first class. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, oh that's, a, that's What he said? They'll that's walk. A by ha- that's middle. a little,
0: that's a little handy guy in a suit. It's a little pro 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 tip. Yeah, there you go. You want to fly first class, (laughs) but you can you know you can you can read these things and you can hear these things and and you can you can convince yourself that this is true and then something terrible happens. Right. And what what do you do then? Uh huh. Does God hate me? Have I done something wrong? Uh Uh, It's the it's John nine. Who sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind? Uh What do you do when? It's not your best life now when you know your world caves in. It'd be interesting to find out exactly, you know, what what's the what's the fallout right. here from from these kinds of, of teachers that ignore the fact, ignore forty percent of the psalms are <laughs> laments, right. And that God's people often experience not just a little bit of sorrow, but really overwhelming uh uh-huh. sadness right right uh i like the the quote that you that you had do you have that one pulled up the uh what was it daniel block is that who it was um yeah daniel block from his book
1: for the glory of god mm-hmm. recovering a biblical theology of worship yeah yeah good quote do you yeah, want me to really, read that yeah yeah I, I really liked it all right he said seduced by a health and wealth gospel We have developed the notion that the primary purpose of worship is to give us a spiritual high, and that negative feelings and expression of grief should be suppressed. However, the scriptures portray worship, especially prayer, in brutally frank terms. Prayer may express submission, supplication, intercession, praise, thanksgiving, or adoration, but God's ears are also open to our laments and even our complaints.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, I think that you're right that it's a weakness in our church, and I think that there's this stigma where you got to wear a mask. How's everything going? Right. What's the you know the response is? Oh, it's good. Yeah. Even if it's not good, <laughs> even if it's terrible, there's mm-hmm. there's like this game that we play this the these theatricals, um, but God's word is a corrective mm-hmm. to that, and it helps us in these times of sorrow. And so you uh, you divided this uh, this sermon into two parts, mm-hmm. two aspects of Habakkuk's prayer of lament that will make our faith more biblical. Mm-hmm. Did I get it? You got it, man. Hey, hey. That's right. All right, All right. well, uh, you had two two points, uh, two aspects. The first one is lamenting the painful reality of God's silence. Yep,
1: yeah, and that's what Habakkuk's really dealing with in this first part. Um, it's So the laments are divided into how and why. The first one is how, as in how long, O Lord, right? How long, O Lord, shall I cry for help? Mm-hmm. And you will not hear. So he's been lamenting the conditions of Judah. It's not something he just brought to him one time. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we got a problem. Yeah. He's been coming before God and pouring his heart out over and over and over and now Habakkuk's prayer actually turns into a complaint to God that God's not listening to him. Yeah. Like, I've been praying. Why aren't you listening? Mm. I get no response. You're not doing anything. Um, there's You haven't sent a great prophet to change the people's hearts. Nothing's happening. Um, the people are... Continuing in this this spiral, which we'll look at in a second, mm-hmm. of how wicked and evil that they've become, and he's been pouring his heart out, and God's not. And sometimes we're gonna we'll experience the same thing. Yeah. And rather than have, I think, doubt that you know that you're a real believer. Maybe I'm not even a real believer. God would listen to me. What you should do is go to God and lament the fact that you don't think he's listening to you. It sounds strange, but I imagine that it is solidifying in some sense, right? That uh, God is there. Like It's a valid expression of your faith Mm. that you still believe God is there. He does care about these things, but you're lamenting to him that you don't think he's listening to you. Yeah. Right, that's better than just not going to him at all and saying, "You don't care about us, you don't care about anything. I'm not even a believer anymore." or <laughs> <Let's laughs> right. shut it all down."
0: You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think um, for um, probably all Christians, there's some point where you are praying about something and you just feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling.-hmm and um, it can be really discouraging. -hmm. Prayer is—I think one of the reasons why we don't pray the way that we ought to is because prayer is hard. We we think that prayer is just going to be easy, um, and we forget that uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil are all fighting against us, so that we don't pray, right? um, Because this is this is how we talk to God. And uh, there's times when you're you're praying, and you talked about the Puritans. Uh They they uh, would talk about. Um, what the heavens being like brass, uh-huh. and it feels like you're you're praying and your words are flying up and they hit, they hit uh, you know an invisible object yeah. and, and never makes it to uh, to God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other times I uh, I'll feel like, uh, King Claudius or Claudio in a uh, Hamlet. You ever read Hamlet before? Mm-mm. You've never well, read Hamlet before, Jay. I, I think I read those in in high school. Okay, so it's been a long time. All right. So the the king, he's overwhelmed with guilt because he's killed Hamlet's father, and he is in the confessional booth, and Hamlet's uh, Hamlet's going to try to kill him while he's alone, um, but Hamlet decides it's very Catholic. <laughs> right. He says, uh, you know, if I if I kill him while he's praying, he'll go straight to heaven you know, it's this, oh my <laughs> this Catholic thing. But anyway, ignoring that, Hamlet leaves. But if he would have known that uh that the king is actually having trouble praying because of his his guilt. Um and he says that that my words fly up, but my thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. Mm. And I think there's a lot of times that we can identify with that. Like we're saying words. But our thoughts are just all over the place. Mm. Um, I, I think that this this helps us a little bit in in this understanding that even in our weakness, even in the times when we just don't even know what to pray, it's important for us to still go to God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like it, it's it's good for us to be reminded of of places like Romans chapter eight where. We don't even know what to pray in our weakness, but the Spirit is interceding for us with with groanings mm-hmm. uh, too deep for words. It's it's good for us to remember that when these times come, because they will come, mm-hmm. when our it just feels like no one's listening, or or our you know our words are just they're they're weak and paltry and our thoughts are all over the place because of our our guilt or our struggles or whatever that. We still have these promises that go to God because you have a God who helps you mm-hmm. um, in your weaknesses.
1: Yeah, yeah, and He's been going over and over and over. Yeah, and that's the that's what He's bringing up. He's, right. saying, he's saying, "I've been coming, mm-hmm. you're not listening." Um, one thing that's that I think is interesting to think about is Habakkuk is going to the only place he knows that that. Or person he knows that can do anything about what he's praying about. Right. The conditions of his people are so bad; mm-hmm. society has collapsed so far. The people are so evil and wicked in Judah, right? He's there comes a point where you, there's no amount of politicking going to change things. Like even King, you see it in the Bible. Even King Josiah, he can't change things. Not right. really. Not really. Mm-hmm. Right. For a for a small momentary time, he's able to have a positive influence. Yeah, but as soon as he dies, mm-hmm. it's over. Because the society is so so corrupted, right. they they ignore God's <clears> law. Um, I, I feel like in our we don't feel like our country is there, but I think it is there. We ought not to have put our faith in politicians <clears throat> to change things in this in this country. Yeah, there's no hope for our country. No amount of politicking. Um, Lobbying of politicians to to bring about some political change is going to change things. Our culture is too far gone. Mm. Uh, What we need is for people to be begging God like Habakkuk did. And if God's merciful to us, sometimes he's merciful. That's the thing we forget. God pardoned a pagan nation, uh, Nineveh. Mm. Now, they didn't remain in their repentance and they got destroyed, but we still see that God is merciful and sometimes he does miraculous things, even in a pagan nation like Nineveh. He'll have mercy. Right. Um, so we need to be like Habakkuk. I think this is this is where we're at. We're at this time now. God will either either people will come to God as Habakkuk, and God will be merciful, or He won't, and will go the other way. Mm. Um, yeah. What's interesting about reading this book is you'll read this book and you'll say, oh, I can see so much of our nation in Judah. And then you'll read about Babylon and you'll say, now we're Babylon in this story. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then uh, then you really realize when you get to chapter three that uh, there, Babylon lives in everybody, mm. every person. Very interesting book.
0: Yeah. So well, you're, uh, you're, you're bleeding over into your second your <laughs> right. second point. So the, the first one is that, that it's a reality that sometimes God is silent mm-hmm. um, The second is lamenting the painful reality that God could have acted differently.
1: Mm-hmm. It, the question changes to why? Why do you make me look at iniquity? The question, the way that it's phrased, it, it presupposes the idea that God is sovereign. And can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I was talking with uh, my kids about this actually. Um, when something bad happens, even to non believers, they get mad at God. <laughs> right. And the reason they get mad at God, it's like imprinted on the human soul mm-hmm. that God could have made things different.
0: Well, I'm sure these are the same people that when they don't get the Christmas gift they want, they rage against Santa Claus. Right. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pushing the beach ball down. Right. Yeah. It it pops up. It pops it up. It pops up no matter what. They they know that there is a God.
1: It just it's interesting to me that they may not give God a second thought yeah. ever in their life, but when something bad happens, mm. they're mad because they know he could have made things different. Right. That means they know he's totally sovereign. Yeah. You know it. You can't shake the right. idea.
0: Well, there's there's no reason for Habakkuk to even have this complaint. If God's not sovereign, right? Like, why, why, why would He even have this lament if He didn't know that God is sovereign over the events that are taking place?
1: Yeah, why do you make me look at iniquity? Right. Why, why do you idly look at wrong? And so it's like, why are you? Why is Israel like the way that it is? Mm-hmm. You could intervene and change everything, but you're not. Yeah, why not? Right. I don't have to look at evil and iniquity all day long. I am because you have allowed it to take place. Mm. As it's and he's
0: grappling with that. Um, I wonder if the one of the reasons why we don't pray in this way is that we're not affected by the evil that's around us the way that Habakkuk is. Yeah, like this is he is. You move from you know general evil to experiential evil, and he's he's experiencing this. Uh-huh. Like he's he's feeling. Um, pain over the the circumstances that are around him. Mm-hmm. Um, you can imagine Jerusalem at this time being like a a Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> right. This big city that's just filled with wickedness, mm-hmm. filled with all kinds of perversion, all kinds of violence. Um, and I don't know how often I feel like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how often I feel agitated by the situation in lawton mm-hmm. or in oklahoma or, or in america um so 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 often we're so inward focused or so you know our little bubble mm-hmm. that we forget what's going on um around us in the culture and, and so maybe we don't lament like this because we don't Not. really care i uh-huh. don't care that much um, yeah. and that, that's probably some worldliness yeah. in us that we need to repent of. That we're so caught up in the same kind of stuff that it doesn't bother us. You can be around it. You can.
1: It's all you've ever known is mm-hmm. a culture that's filled with violence and right. immorality, mm-hmm. and it and it uh, makes you like numb to it,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of us are, are probably that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something that we need we need to start with the evil that's in us right. and repent of that and then you know cry out to God for you know the situation in our culture. Um if we're if we're comfortable with it, if we are loving it ourselves, then we're not going to lament. Because then something that we like is going to be taken away mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's just a thought that I yeah that I was I was having. Um, but he he does he takes his complaint directly to God and uh, the description of his society, it was very <laughs> it's like holding up a mirror, Jay, right. I mean yeah. you gave some you gave some solid examples that were really good uh-huh. to show that this is the same kind of stuff that's going on. Right. here you you weren't even like expanding it all around the country you are talking about here in in lawton right um so you you pulled out three what, couplets uh-huh. three pairs yeah uh, three of word words here so you have um uh I've, I've i'm using my new american standard so it's got a little bit different wording than the the SV. Uh-huh. why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness uh uh-huh. um so you the ESV says iniquity and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got um, destruction and violence are before mm-hmm. me, and then strife and contention mm-hmm. um, arise. Right. right. So let's just brief, briefly talk about those, those, three, those three pairs.
1: So this culture, what he's, as we'll get to at the end where it culminates, you're looking at a culture who has pretty much thrown off God's law Iniquity and wrong are this first description, mm-hmm. the first pair. Iniquity can be like injustice. Um, it's what happens when man makes up his own rules of what's right and wrong. And then usually when, when this is being talked about, iniquity and wrong, it's in the context when the prophets are speaking about it, and they do it a lot, of those who have influence and power and money manipulating the system to oppress those that don't have it. Mm. Like the game is rigged. That doesn't happen around here though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the rich and the powerful are able to exploit those that don't. And the I think the great biblical example is from Naboth's vineyard. It's yeah. a prime example of what mm-hmm. in, injustice looks like. Right. Right? Cuz surprise, the Bible actually values private property. Yeah. Uh-huh. And fairness. Right. Well, in Naboth Naboth's vineyard You've got uh, this wicked queen Jezebel who wants Nab. She covets. What? Well, ah-
0: Ahab wants it. Yeah, and Naboth says, "This is my family inheritance." Right, like we're we're going back to like Deuteronomy. You're not supposed to you sell don't? your you right. don't sell your inheritance. And, and he goes home and he mopes. He yeah. lays down on his bed and he faces the wall and he won't eat. <laughs> he and won't eat anything because he's a toddler. And right? she tells him a scheme on
1: how to yeah, get it. Yeah, I'll
0: out. take care of it. Right, I'll take care of it. And yeah. they
1: do it. He, he, they uh, they use their power, and mm-hmm. they they take this guy. Yeah, they,
0: they they have him wrongly accused of blasphemy, and that the people kill him. Like yep, capital punishment.
1: Yep. Right, but they get they get what's coming to them eventually. Yeah. Um, and then all throughout, you know, the, I mean, the what is the term usury? Uh huh. Yeah. They're forbidden from lending to each other with interest. With interest. Yep. And they never obey. They are always <laughs> they're right. always doing that. And right. and then when you can't pay back your interest, then they're gonna take your stuff. Yeah. They're gonna take your property. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know that I mean, you know what's interesting is they're supposed to in the Jubilee years let everything go back. But I promise I can guarantee you I, I don't know if they time, ever did it. They they weren't obeying I don't, God.
0: I don't know if they ever did it. Yeah. Um that's part of the the reason for exile is the land Experience it's it's sabbaths for seventy years because they haven't they haven't obeyed they haven't haven't let it rest um, at the times that God has has commanded them to yeah
1: so they'd lend money at interest take advantage of the the weak the poor Mm -hmm. and when they can't pay back they take their stuff yeah Um, and that I mean that's happens here in our town in our little town of Lawton Mm -hmm. Uh, the example that I gave is this what you're referring to that happens in Lawton you've got People in Lawton, car dealerships and uh, furniture store places that will – they will lend – it's it's pretty much you get to buy, air quotes, this for a car from them or whatever with zero money down, but like 30% interest. Mm. It's preposterous. <laughs> right. It, ridiculous. It, it's – they're exploiting mm-hmm. the – I think – the uh, not only their, their well, they're just their lack of life experience, yeah. their lack of wisdom. They're these are like seventeen, eighteen year olds. They're doing this stuff too, right? Um, and of course, they can't pay it back. Yeah, and then so then they seize it and mm-hmm. then take whatever else they can from them. <laughs> yeah, they become indebted to them for like for
0: years. Right. Well, you talked about. Uh, you also talked about the you know the court system and how the rich. Oh yeah. They get a slap on the. Oh yeah, on the wrist. Oh yeah, and poor people. We have two. You, you get thrown away. They, you know, they throw the key away. Like they lock there's, you up forever. There's two
1: court systems. Mm-hmm. Like there's one for the rich and there's one for everybody else. Like yeah. all of us. Right. So the example I gave is, you know, you know, some wealthy person's kid gets caught with a brick of cocaine.
0: <laughs> well, you you see this. Nothing's going to happen to him. You see this with our politicians. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that's come out about. Um, you know Hillary Clinton uh-huh. <laughs> just this last week, and the uh the news coverage has been lacking, oh yeah, yeah like the the rich and powerful they they get away with stuff, they get away with it like, they, i, they I saw I saw something i can't remember it was somewhere on Facebook or Twitter um, someone posted that if uh, if you were caught spying on the president. You would be going to prison. Oh yeah,
1: they'd throw you in a hole.
0: (laughs) All right, but if if some politician does it, eh, eh, you know, yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, you see this all the time. We we talked about this in 2020 when we were, you know, all the all the conversations about racial injustice Uh were popping up, and we were talking about the fact that it's probably not so much racial injustice in our country as rich versus poor. Yeah. Like it's the rich, it's the rich people who are oppressing yeah. the poor.
1: You think LeBron's kid's going to face the same punish, <laughs> right. punishment as my kid? Right. If they did the same crime, uh-huh. get out of here. Yeah. It's, well, and the,
0: uh, well, you know, uh, bringing up LeBron, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could just trash LeBron forever. Mm-hmm. And talking about the, the injustices in our country while at the same time wearing Nikes uh-huh. that were made by, Literal slaves in China. Uh-huh. Well, we have the luxury of complaining about injustice over here, but you know, people like the Uyghurs over in China, they don't. Uh-huh. Right? It's the rich and powerful are uh, they? They don't even they don't even realize the you know the power that they have in comparison with poor people that don't have a voice. Right? And God's the
1: way God's law is meant to protect mm-hmm. so protect poor people, yeah. or protect society. Right. At least it doesn't give them, like, handouts, mm-hmm. but makes it to where they can't be crushed. <laughs> right. Um, I remember the first time I ever read the, the Old Testament straight through. Um, I was sitting—I was in the field at Fort Sill. Actually, we are there for a couple of weeks in the field, and I read through the Old Testament. And I thought to myself, man, the world would be so much better if, like, everyone— Listen to this. Yeah, like even though the Old Testament laws given to Israel, it was meant to show the world there's a better way to live. Yeah, when you live by God's standards, it's produces human flourishing. Yeah, and as we see, not even Israel lived by right. this, much less the rest of the world. But if if the world could live by it, and be prosperity, human flourishing, so many of the problems we have in society would just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But you still have the problem with the human heart. Yep. And we can't obey it. Yeah. We can't obey it. But that doesn't mean it's not good. Um, and yeah, so you see you see that there's injustice and then the wrong wrong is like the consequence okay. of what happens when there's iniquity or there's an injustice that's been done to someone. Okay. The result. And that's kind yeah. of how these two word phrases go, destruction and violence are kind of right. in the same way too.
0: Yeah, like you see the rich oppressing the poor and the poor Get poorer and the rich get richer, and it yeah. just it it just multiplies the problems, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's destruction and violence. Yeah. That's that's fairly straightforward, right?
1: Violence is the act itself. Destruction is the result. Okay. So uh, violence. You know, we it's we know what violence is. We don't really need a great of a description. What I found was interesting is, it's the word Hamas. Mm. And we know what that word is. Yeah, You know, if you've been alive for the past 20 years, you know Hamas is a terrorist organization in Palestine. Yeah. Kill women and children and do anything, you know. They traffic in violence. That's their name. I didn't know their name was violence. Did you know that?
0: You know, I after you said it, it sounded familiar, but I wouldn't have been able to just pull that one out.
1: Yeah. Um, violence. Yeah. I tell you it's in the name.
0: <laughs> right. Hey, but they're the oppressed. They're just a political they're, they're organization. Appra- <laughs> they're not they, a terrorist group. They're oppressed. Yeah. They live under apartheid in and, and Israel. You ever see,
1: you ever see that? Uh, I think it's a reporter is trying to ask, uh, what is that? Uh, what's her name? Ilhan Omar. Is that her name? Oh, the- is Hamas the, a terrorist organization? Congresswoman. She want to answer. Oh, really? It's kind of in the name. It's in the name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let's yeah no they're just a peaceful political group yeah um and it, so violence is just everywhere in society yeah it's just everywhere right and it's everywhere in our society too yeah and all over the place
0: and you see the you see the the fallout from that, the destruction that's caused by all the violence.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's violence and destruction. Destruction comes from violence, and you just think of like one murder mm-hmm. and what happens to a to a family. Yeah. The result of destruction of that, psychological pain, uh, the financial destruction, mm. the even generational issues right. from the father disappearing, and that's just one example. Yeah, uh, but they're right. all over the place. Yeah. All right,
0: strife and contention.
1: Strife and contention carries the idea of, like, um, squabbles and lawsuits. Okay. It's like neighbors are always at each other's throats over every stupid thing under the sun. It's like your sprinkler. Your sprinkler sprayed uh, in my yard. That
0: that does not happen in America. (laughs) (laughs) How how many court shows are on TV? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Do you see that Steve Harvey has his own uh, judge show now? Does he really? He does. Yep. Is he a lawyer? No. He's just a
1: he's just a guy. Wise he's man Steve Steve Harvey. Sl- settler of disputes. Yeah, I guess
0: <laughs> I got a problem with you. Let's take it to Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so lawsuits. So you were you asked uh, you asked a, a question. You said that you wish you'd looked up how many lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Are I in wanted America. to know I, how many... I, I, I Googled it while you were talking. How many? There are one point three three million lawyers in america wow but that i mean that's that's a lot of lawyers but this next fact i found was more interesting uh. than the number of lawyers i found this fact it says since 2010 legal professions have grown nearly twice as fast as the population wow so the population has been growing about 6.3 percent the legal profession is, has been growing 12.4 percent that's crazy
1: and that's you know that's and that's so what he describes. For, so, <laughs> He's describing <laughs> yeah, right. people suing each other yeah. over everything they could ever think of.
0: Uh-huh. So there's more lawyers being born than strife and than contention. Babies. Yeah. Strife and contention arise. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 People just they sue over over everything. That's that's why medical treatments are so expensive. Is because doctors have to have they have to have malpractice um, insurance mm-hmm. because. People sue over everything, right? Now that's not to say that there aren't legitimate right reasons to have a lawsuit, but in our society, you can you can have a lawsuit oh, yeah. over, over anything. anything.
1: Oh yeah, right. damages. I gotta, I gotta, I got Your dog barked. Yeah, it barked all night for like two years. I'm gonna collect da- emotional. I'm damages. gonna,
0: I'm gonna take you to Steve Harvey's court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Striving, contention, all
1: descriptions right. of what's going on in Judah, right? You know, iniquity and wrong, mm-hmm. yeah, destruction and violence, strife and contention. These conditions. What's interesting is this lamenting of this violence. How long will I cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Uh, these are the conditions of the world pre-flood, yeah. And God, and He knows God's God has acted right in the past. He doesn't let this go on forever. And he's, this is part of the lament. Mm. I'm he's been calling out to him. Yeah. How long do I need to call out to you? And then why, why are you just letting it go on? Right. Um, and and we can identify with a lot of that. I think. Yeah. With uh, what we see going on around uh, in our world today, you know, iniquity and injustice are everywhere. I gave that example of that that pin. University of Pennsylvania swimmer. Everyone <laughs> in the world knows that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're just letting it happen. Uh-huh. He's just crushing every NCAA record, yeah. swimming in the women's class. Mm-hmm. These ladies have literally lamented, hey, this dude exposes himself to us in the locker room. He right. doesn't even try to, like, be
0: because covered st- up. Yeah, and, and he's he's not... I don't even know how to. I don't know how to describe anything anymore, Jay. He's he's a straight man. He's a man. He's, he's a, a, st- yeah. He's, a, he's he's a straight man. He's a heterosexual male. Uh huh. That says uh, he's a says woman. says He's a woman, and then he's in the he's in the locker room with with all these college girls. Yeah, that's and the people that defend him <laughs> are just out of their minds. Yeah, iniquity, injustice. Yeah. We live in a perverse society. We're mm-hmm.
1: violent we are a uber violent culture mm-hmm. yeah. 65 million babies murdered mm-hmm. legally yeah. like legally by with the approval of our government yeah. and the majority of your neighbors so just think about this the majority of your neighbors probably are okay with it
0: mm. yeah yeah i i thought that that was um you hit on it a little bit a little bit uh ago this fact that our culture is here and no amount of petitioning the legislature is going to change the culture. Mm-hmm. So we we are we we talk a lot about the the horrors of abortion mm-hmm. and that it is a great wickedness and it ought to end. Like we're we're calling on those in political power to repent of, of supporting this mm-hmm. and make just laws yeah. that outlaw abortion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, immediately, not not just in these little baby steps that never get anywhere, but actually we we need to stop mm-hmm. this this slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was good that you, you mentioned the fact that, um, the majority of the culture approves of abortion. Mm -hmm. And so if the majority of the culture is approving of abortion, there's a reason why abortion hasn't been outlawed. Mm -hmm. It's because the culture is so far gone that they do, they approve of it. They celebrate it. They, you know, you shout your abortion, right? Um, and so Habakkuk is not looking for um you know the king to do something. He's not looking for the religious leaders or you know the priests to do something. He's looking for God to do something mm-hmm. And th- seeing the comparison, I think you're right i think I think that's that's where we are, that the culture is not going to be legislated into turning itself around. God is going to have to intervene in order for something to happen. Right. Like the the legislature is not going to be agitated into doing something righteous right. about abortion. Right. They're gonna need to repent. They're gonna they're gonna need to be born again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's gonna have to be a revival in right. order for this to happen. That doesn't mean that we as as the church don't speak out and say, This is this is evil, this is murder. <clears throat> you need to repent lest you experience the wrath of God for this. Uh-huh. Um, but the solution is going to come from God being merciful and doing something mm-hmm. for our country. Right. And so we need to be a people Maybe. like... <laughs> There's another alternative. There is another alternative, and, it, it will hit and we'll hit on that. Next week. We'll hit on it next time, right? Yeah. Um, but we need to be a people like Habakkuk. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I think the reason why we don't pray like this is because we don't feel this way. Yeah, Um, but I I like how you pointed out this is not a. It's not a sin to talk to God this way, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. How long? Mm -hmm. Why? Right. Why did this happen? It could be you know you can make it even personal. Why did this happen in my life? Mm. That's not a sin to ask God that. Yeah. Why did you do this? Like you, the book of my life. You wrote it. Why did you write it this way? I'm, and it's not like we think. Oh, that's a sin. That's being ungrateful. All these we list all these things. But go, go,
0: Uh, go and read the Psalms. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, Maybe someone out there is thinking this, not just me. You see Israel, especially in Numbers, Mm. um, grumbling and complaining. God, why did you bring us out here? Right. do you have a distinction between what Habakkuk is doing, which is not a sin, uh-huh. and what Israel was doing in the wilderness that was definitely a sin? Right. What What's the difference between Habakkuk's complaint right, mm-hmm. um, and Israel's grumbling?
1: Well, it will be hard to do without giving away... The whole thing, okay, but okay, I, but I will. I think I think well, when you look at the kind of like the uh, the flow of a lament psalm, or even the flow of Habakkuk. I mean, just read the whole book of Habakkuk. Right. I think it, what it would take what five minutes. The person that yeah, the person that in faith it laments mm-hmm. ends up at this place, even though you are still worthy of worship mm. simply because of who you are. Mm. That's where it ends up. Mm. Okay. God may act. He may not act, but if he doesn't even act, I'll still praise you. I'll still worship you. Okay. You're still good. Yeah, I don't know. Does that make that's sense? Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, whereas the Israelites were like, "Take us back! Give me the golden calf! I'll take <laughs> right. the I'll take the gods of Egypt! I don't uh, even care!" Right. You know.
0: Yeah. They want to go back. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Right. <laughs> even
1: though they saw all that amazing stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. Um. All right. So I was wondering how you were going to get to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at my watch. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "Were you like, is this a Christian sermon, or what is this?" <laughs> you giving us some more therapeutic stuff there, Jake. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like what you did, though. Yeah. So maybe in the last, you know, couple of minutes, maybe just this is a Christian prayer, right? right? Yeah. Like yeah. Habakkuk is, he's. Part of the believing remnant mm. of Israel, who's looking forward to a Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're looking back and and we see the uh, the fulfillment of all of God's promises in Christ. How do we how do we look at this?
1: Yeah, um, what's interesting is when you look kind of at the, phrase, the way that the first part of this is phrased, there's kind of an echo of Psalm 22. Really, that's there. Psalm. So Habakkuk is lamenting. I've been crying. Why aren't you listening? Right. And he even says, why won't you hear? I'm crying violence, and you won't save? Psalm 22 says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so I think this is the feeling of Habakkuk is one that's forsaken of God. God's forsaken me. Maybe he's forsaken us. Look at at Judah. Why are you so far from saving me, which Habakkuk says, from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. That's part of Habakkuk's lament, and by night and you find no rest. So um, looking at the kind of like this prayer of lamenting the feeling of being forsaken by God in the connection of Psalm 22, and that takes you immediately to Jesus. Jesus prayed a prayer of lament as he was hanging on the cross. He was forsaken um, under the wrath of God, dying for our sins, he he didn't just feel forsaken; he was forsaken. Um, and because of what he did, you know, I mean, it was God's plan in eternity past for him to go through that. So of course we know how 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 he was raised from the dead, and so he wasn't ultimately forsaken. He was he's been risen; he's risen from the dead, and he's been seated at the right hand. Um, but this idea. Was just in my mind that no matter how forsaken you feel, you are never forsaken, because Christ
0: was forsaken for you. Yeah, and Jesus literally says that in Matthew twenty-eight, right? Uh-huh. I will never leave you or forsake you. Forsake you? you right? right. I'm with you always, even, even to the th- end of the age. Right. Right.
1: Yep. And so you can you can go to you could even go to God praying, God. I. I I feel all alone. Mm. I even feel like you've forgotten me and you have forsaken me, but I know that because Christ was forsaken and he said he would never let go of me and you, I, so I know I'm not right, but I feel like I am yeah I think I think if you if you come to God with that type of honesty i I really do believe that he'll minister to you through the Holy Spirit mm. with okay. encouragement right that 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 will and now we're back to like, is it a therapeutic? Yeah. Um, I think to some degree it probably would be. Mm. Rather than just holding on to it yeah. and not coming to God with it. Right. Um, I think going to God with that honesty.
0: Yeah. My my uh my preaching professor, he was preaching through Habakkuk at his church, and uh, he preached in chapel this this passage and he used the illustration of a, a little child going to their parent. Right. They're they're afraid of something, you know. They're they heard something outside. <laughs> it's dark. I don't know what it is. What what parent would want their kid to go look for comfort and help somewhere else? Mm-hmm. You want them to come and, and cling to you. Right. You want them to come to you for help, and that's what Habakkuk is doing, and that's what we should do. Right. Um, and it's when we flee to to God as our Father. Um, remembering what he's done for us in Christ, we will experience peace mm-hmm. right right yeah. yeah all right well, um, good intro to the book. Uh, we don't stay here. we press on to the end. Um, it, it forms one one whole right one whole theology uh-huh. um, but this was good. this is good reminder that we live in a fallen world. we are going to experience sorrow and hardships. Uh, and it's okay to lament to God,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yep.
0: Okay. All right. Yes, well, thank you very much, Jay. Um, I hope this was an encouragement for you. It was an encouragement for me. It was a good reminder. Um, it was also very challenging uh, as I think about my own thoughts towards this world, um, the society we live in, and, and how we ought to be uh, going to God, praying for him to uh, to act and uh, trusting that everything that he does is good and right. So uh, we will see you next time for Free For All Friday. And uh, as always, we hope this helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ.